Welcome, it's indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie, good to be with you today. We have a lot on the agenda. Breaking down news of the day, none other than Sharon Reed. Always a joy to have her. Top story of the day, Donald Trump, as I predicted, announced right after the midterms. He's running for president again. His daughter Ivanka was like, I pass. His former chief of staff said basically he needs to move on. Fox News called him a three-time loser. Here's part of that announcement. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. Incredible friends and family here tonight. It's such a beautiful thing. It's some people say, How do you speak before so many people all the time? If when there's love in the room, it's really easy. If you want to know the truth, you ought to try it sometime. <laughs> Together, we will be taking on the most corrupt forces and entrenched interests imaginable. Our country is in a horrible state, we're in grave trouble. This is not a task for a politician or a conventional candidate. This is a task for a great movement that embodies the courage, confidence, and the spirit of the American people. This is a movement. This is not for any one individual. This is a job for tens of millions of proud people working together from all across the land and from all walks of life, young and old, black and white, Hispanic and Asian, many of whom we have brought together for the very, very first time. Damn, Donald Trump brought together all of these coalition of races and ethnicities for the very first time, according to him. Now, remember, he is a loser. He lost his reelection. He then lost a bunch of races he endorsed right after he lost his reelection. And then he loses the midterm, his selected candidates did not do well. You see, mediocre white men typically have permission to fail, while black people have a mandate to succeed. All of his failures will not harm him. As a matter of fact, he's a victim, according to him. Here it is. And I'm a victim, I will tell you. I'm a victim, think of it. Oh, well, here's what Fox News said about you, sir. Fox News said, and I quote, GOP mega donors want to move on from three time loser Trump. Look to back DeSantis in 2024 presidential bid. Also, Armstrong, who comes on this program to debate me, typically he's 100% incorrect on his political assessment, but a smart guy. Armstrong Williams said, and I quote, uh, basically, no good can come from this at all. Conservative commentator Armstrong Williams, a former Trump supporter and close friend to Trump's former Secretary of Housing, Ben Carson, 
Dr. Carson, says he deeply believes the former president. Now get this, this is coming from a black Republican. They typically ride all out with Trump. He said this is the worst decision for the Republican Party's chances of reclaiming the White House. Moreover, Armstrong Williams said Trump's presidential announcement will implode Herschel Walker's bid for the US Senate in the state of Georgia, which is headed into a runoff. Once again, no good can come from this according to Armstrong. I actually agree with the political assessment of my dear brother Armstrong Williams. Yes, Trump has been great for Democrats in Georgia because of the Trump effect. Georgia has two Democratic US senators, okay? Trump did that. He's the loser who keeps on being treated as like he's a winner. There's more, his own former chief of staff, look at him. Mulvaney said, eh, yeah, he's the guy that's gonna lose. A former loyal Trump aide who served as chief of staff was posed a question by CNN. Anderson Cooper wanted to know if he thought Trump's announcement was good for the party, the Republican Party. The response, no, I don't, because I think he's the only Republican who could lose. It's ironic he says this because based on polling data, that's true. Polling data puts Biden squarely ahead of Donald Trump if Trump decides to run for political office again, as well as Biden. So what does this door to say? Ivanka Trump has decided to bow out, completely say no to US politics and not actively join her father's bid to retake the White House in 2024. Saying that she has chosen to prioritize my young children and private life, we are creating as a family. Donald Trump launched his 2024 bid for the Republican nomination on Tuesday night at his Mar-a-Lago resort in Florida. Members of his family, including his wife, his son, Eric, they were present. Even Ivanka's husband, Jared, was in attendance, but Ivanka was not. In a statement, she just said, I love my father very much. This time around, I am choosing to prioritize my young children, etc. She does not plan to get back into politics. Okay, what's really happening here? Republicans universally are saying no to Donald Trump, even those who have been hardcore Trump supporters like Senator Lindsey Graham. As I have said before on the record, their ideology has nothing to do with a political platform, a party, nor even a value system. It has to do with the proximity of power. Their true ideology, their true brand, their true goal is power. They're not utilizing these other methods in order to create change. No, they're utilizing whatever methods they choose in order to obtain power. As soon as Donald Trump was no longer the power player inside of the Republican Party, they will abandon him. They are abandoning him. This is what happens when you have purely transactional political relationships. There's nothing transformational about the approach nor the journey. I expect more people are going to turn, especially after Ron DeSatan makes his announcement that he's running for president as well. All right, sharing thoughts here. Well, I think it's just the oldest play in the book. And you're right, Dr. Ritchie. Every time I go to Los Angeles, I see the same transactional relationships, if you will. She's 20, he may be 80, 
and they get along just fine because they have a contract and I don't have a problem with it. People should do what they want to do. But the announcement was pathetic and the former president seems to be, well, which is kind of the norm for him, out of touch with reality. As far as Ivanka Trump goes, though, I will say this. She couldn't get him to call off the rioters on January 6th. She couldn't get him prior to that to stop talking about this election lie. So. It's not really going to make a difference, but I do find that members of the Trump family are quite ruthless, quite ruthless, um, perhaps most so with each other. Yeah, the books, they will write at some point. Okay, we have another exclusive update. Remember, we are the first to bring you the story of the brutal assault of a man named Mr. Hobbs in a Camden County jail. Now, lawyers are involved, press conference is happening today. There is an official investigation of GBI, they have been notified. Let me remind you of the footage. Multiple videos, we are now in receipt of all of them. I will give you the update as we have it today. Let's put up the picture of that jail facility in Camden County. Now remember, Camden County is in deep south Georgia. It is so south that literally many of the residents actually commute to Florida to go to work. That is how south Camden is. This incident occurred at the Camden County Jail in the state of Georgia. Several officers beat and choked Mr. Hobbs. Other individuals who were incarcerated had to jump in to save him. Since then, our reports have spread across the entire internet. It's gone viral, all right? Um, and you will recall, we received more graphic footage of the attack. Here it is. <laughs> Okay, he's in his cell, this is a suicide watch cell. Individuals dealing with mental health crises, he is attacked. There is no provocation. They have no interest in subduing him, in arresting him. They only have an interest in beating him, okay, that's it. And they continue to do so. And he goes off camera, where outside they continue to do the same thing, beat him even more. The brutality, the vicious nature of their criminal actions should have landed them in jail immediately. Anybody else would have been incarcerated for multiple felonies with a video like that. And then they put him in a wheelchair and throw him inside of the cell. 
limp body, unable to move. To add to the egregious activity you just saw. They would not allow him any medical treatment for 15 days. They charged him with felonies against other officers. He was in for a nonviolent offense. All of this happened while being incarcerated in Camden County Jail. Now, we have more info from those who are close to the source. Let's put up the picture of him and his family. I want to remind people of the humanity of this victim. After the beating, Hobbs was charged with nine counts of assault, battery, and obstruction of an officer. The 41-year-old was held in isolation about 15 days after the unprovoked attack. Mr. Hobbs said he did not receive medical attention. Let's put up the attorney for Mr. Hobbs, Harry Daniels. Harry Daniels is a civil rights lawyer and a dear friend of mine. He's on the case, he's actually in Camden County today, spoke to him earlier. The Camden County Sheriff, Jim Proctor, has now launched an official investigation after the release of the second report. Now remember, this happened back in September. This happened back in September and it is finally getting a level of investigation. GBI, Georgia Bureau of Investigations, they are now involved. Indisputable received a statement from the department. A video published on social media is a portion of an incident that occurred at the Camden County Sheriff's Office jail has the public questioning the actions of the corrections officer. This investigation will include all recorded video from the time the inmate entered the facility on September 3rd, 2022 until his release on September 30th, 2022. Two people who work or have worked at the jail wrote to Indisputable directly. Now remember, Indisputable talked to Mr. Hobbs directly as well, he gave us significant insight as to what actually happened. So here's what the anonymous corrections employees said to us. There was a white female sergeant that reported a beating in that same jail and it was swept under the rug. She would not let it go because she took her position seriously and she saw a miscarriage of justice. She was fired for trumped up reasons. A former corrections officer in the jail also reached out to us and said, I was fired. I was the only witness to speak up for police brutality that I witnessed on my shift. I witnessed three of my fellow officers illegally strip search a man outside of the strip search policy. He was fired, right? We're gonna continue to bring you the updates to the story, but obviously there's a sea of corruption here. And as I have said before, typically when you have individuals who are willing to operate outside of the lines with a group of people. That's a cultural issue, that's not an independent issue. This is how they operate. Sharon, thoughts here. It's a mafia, I'm disgusted. Yeah. It is, you've done the people's work yet again, because we need to see more of it. I did not wanna watch it, but I made myself. And everybody needs to look at it. You wanna talk about Ukraine, okay. But let's talk about South Georgia as well. This is torture, as you said, felony assault, obstruction, every bit of it, every bit of it needs to be ferreted out and needs to be handled at the highest level with the harshest punishment available. Well said, all right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Let me read some of these amazing comments. 
Old Dion says, bro, did Fox announce that on Truth? Dang. Yeah, they did. Truth Social, his. Yeah. Lynn, they don't just throw him into the cell, they slam his legs against the bench inside the cell. That's correct. It was torture, complete torture. Chi Chi Massey, thank you for this, Chi Chi. Damn, I missed the Orange Rainbow Coalition. We all did. Uh, Michael D. Sorcy, I think. Thank you for that, Michael. Uh, and Natural Born Keeler, gifted one indisputable with Dr. Shot Rich membership. Thank you so much for that. We appreciate you. Uh, and Sorty Snog, Mr. Stay at Home Dragon, was gifted a membership. Thank you. Welcome to Indisputable. Maurice Carlisle, thank you so much for joining us. All right. Imagine a police officer commits horrendous crimes and then turns the gun on herself. All right, let's put the picture up. This is a really difficult story. You're looking at officer Tiffany Gatson, 29 years of age. She was off duty when she shot two women. This happened in Rochester, New York. Killing one, she then turned the gun on herself, took her own life after doing this. Gatson was an officer with the Greece Police Department and has been the first black woman to join the department since September 2018. Greece is a suburb of Rochester. Gatson was found with a self-inflicted gunshot wound. She was taken to the hospital where she was pronounced dead shortly afterward. Officers found a Smith and Wesson 9mm handgun at the scene, which they determined was not Gatson's service weapon, the AG's office said. For the details of the incident, Rochester police said in a statement that they responded to a domestic related altercation around 7.20 PM. Responding officers found all three women outside the home with gunshot wounds, according to the state attorney general's office, which is investigating as required by law when an officer commits a crime. All right, let's go to um, the home where this happened. Angelie Solis, 27, was pronounced dead at the scene right there um, after the mother of two was found on the front yard of her own home. The heartbroken neighbors told WHAMABC 13 that Solis begged for her life after already being shot once by Officer Gatson. She even begged one neighbor to get her two young sons who were inside the home. But Officer Gatson allegedly warned the neighbor to stay out of it. The other victim, a woman in her 30s who suffered a non-life-threatening injury from multiple gunshot wounds to her upper body was sent to a hospital. She was not publicly identified, but the two victims are related. Police would not clarify the relationship. Uh, let's go to the Greece Police Department. Let's go to the leadership there. This is Police Chief Michael Wood. He issued a statement that read in part, unfortunately, we have seen events of this nature occur all too frequently and struggle to find answers in the aftermath. The effects are far reaching. When police, when a police officer commits such a horrible act to our entire community. Again, the New York Attorney General's office, they are leading the investigation. So let me say this, on the show, 
really just what a couple of weeks ago. We had the former mayor of Ithaca, New York. He talked about a program he implemented in Ithaca, New York that basically resolved all of his use of force complaints, his police aggression complaints, etc. What did he do? Something really simple. In the front end of the vetting process, not only did the cop have to pass the psychological evaluation, they also had to pass a lot of detective tests that worked in unison with the psychological eval. What was the result of this young mayor implementing that strategy or that protocol? The result was 0% of all of the police officers who passed, 0% gave them any issue with community and council, none. He said that on the show. He also said that 75% of those who qualified to be cops because of basic training standards and boot camp, etc., did not qualify once they took the psychological evaluation and the lie detector test. If we are to take that sample of what Ithaca New York did, that means that roughly 75% of cops who apply for the job should not have it based on their data. All right, very sad. Hearts and prayers, obviously, with those who survived, um, the family, the children, it's horrendous. Sharon, thoughts here. If a young mayor that you just related um, can can do a new approach, I don't know why we can't just adopt that. You know, yeah. we've seen police training, Dr. Ritchie, where they have to be tased during the training just so they know what it feels like. This. Is the same, you know. Why can't they get this psychological workup so that we can understand that they really want to be police officers for the right reasons, mm-hmm. and not like what we saw in South Georgia, and not like that hearts prayers, as you said, here. Yeah. Department. Absolutely. All right. I got something for everybody, ladies and gentlemen. I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell there's an African American man threatening my life. I got different ways that I can look at it. You know, and it's like, you're not asking. I heard you. I stood right there and asked you. You have to ask every single person. And I don't know if it's because they're getting on you. And I have been asking, Kelly. It's your job, just like the credit card. It's your job. We are required to sell six credit cards a week. They can track that. And you know what it's going to come down to? I you guys people, are going to lose your jobs because you're not doing your job. Do you understand they, that? The credit card is not a good credit card, and that is I don't the reason care. for it, it, it not doesn't matter. Itself. It doesn't matter whether you want to sell it or not. That's your job to sell the credit card. I it's just like if you went for Kohl's and you sell their clothes. Maybe I don't like Kohl's clothes, but you're going to have to sell them to me. Well, I understand the fact of asking and stuff, and I do. Um, you do not. You do not. I cannot. You do not sell that credit card. Like, you only wait and see if it pulls up on the thing on the screen. You sell it regardless if it comes up on the screen. And, and I don't know if this is one. just like you're not a random one. thing, but I don't understand the vibes here because it. we have not had any issues. This Walgreens manager uh, speaking in the spirit of a Chicago pimp, obviously is upset that those damn cards have not been sold. There's more. Mm-hmm. 
Me, myself, personally, I'm having a great day. I've gotten $3 of this, and when and when Lacey left, it was at $17, so you've gotten $2. Right. And, and what time did you come in today? Is there a requirement that we are... If we, we have to sell, do $60. I've asked everybody, Kelly. I cannot no, you pull don't like, money out there of and say that. I have. You have to have $20 today. And what happens if I don't have $20? Repercussions. Repercussions. I need a statement from Walgreens. Let's put up the picture of this out of control general manager, Karen, um, who's really upset that those high ass Walgreens cars, those high interest cars are not being sold to the uh, nearest um, victim. So this is really fascinating because I have never heard of such a mandate before that you have to sell 20 of these cards. And I'm sure Walgreens would disagree that this is something that's part of the actual protocol. But here's another reality. That's a microcosm, right? This is a situation, it's unfortunate, but it happens all across the country. Now, there's a pressure obviously from corporate entities to simply sell, sell, sell. They don't give a damn about the quality of the product or how the person on the other side has to experience the product or even the salesperson, the individual taking the you know, flack, as you can see. But I'm not sure if this is part of that narrative, perhaps it is. But damn, Karen, how many cars did you sell? All right, Sharon, thoughts here. Pimp makes up their own rules. Go yeah. get me more money. You're absolutely right, Dr. Ritchie. The, the most beautiful part though, is the the employee who exposes this Karen and I'm going to I'm going to own this and use it. I'm still having a great day. She said I'm having a great day. <laughs> I hope right. you are too. And it was beautiful. That's the best comeback ever for these kids. It really Karen. is. It just yeah. gets their blood boiling even more. It's wonderful. Yeah. I'm having a great day. Yeah. I think Walgreens needs to give that person a promotion to manager yeah. and let the other person out. Okay. Yeah. Harvey Weinstein, right? On trial, what comes out? Governor Gavin Newsom's wife talks about her assault. He visited upon her. This was extreme and very emotional. So let me give you some background. Let's put up the picture full of mass. This is his second trial, by the way, California Governor Gavin Newsom's wife, her name is Jennifer Newsom, testified before a jury that she was in fact sexually assaulted, raped by Harvey Weinstein. This was back in 2005. Remember that year, 2005, I'm gonna bring you back to that year in just a moment. She was crying heavily in the court. Ms. Newsom told a packed courtroom about Weinstein forcing himself on her in a Beverly Hills hotel room back in September of 2005. She said that during the meeting, Weinstein first began penetrating her with his fingers before forcing his penis into her. In loud and emphatic testimony that gripped the jury and drew tears from people in the packed gallery. Ms. Newsom said she could tell that Weinstein, and I quote, knows this is not normal. He knows this is not consent. Before shouting through tears, oh God, she said, felt horror, horror. 
I'm trembling, I'm like a rock, I'm frigid. This is my worst nightmare. I'm just this blow up doll and I'm just trying to masturbate off of. Let's put up the picture of Harvey Weinstein. She met Harvey in September 2005 at the Toronto International Film Festival. She was an actress and a producer. During the initial meeting with Weinstein, he came directly to me and people sort of backed off. He wanted to know who I was, what my name was, why I was there. They moved to a quieter area and Weinstein said he wanted to meet up with her later. I felt like I had to, like, okay, sure, Ms. Newsom said. But she also felt like there was a genuine interest in talking about my work. She then described how Weinstein kept in touch with her and even delivered a gift to her home. Weinstein later called inviting Ms. Newsom to meet him in a Peninsula Hotel, this is Beverly Hills. Telling her he was, and I quote, interested in helping me with my career and wanted to talk more to me about it to offer advice and support. Soon after she arrived at his hotel room, Weinstein said he needed to get more comfortable, okay? Asked her to help find him a bathrobe. I was like, please don't, please don't. It's okay, I remember getting kind of rattled. I was just like, please don't, she said, I backpedaled and he would go toward me. Just sort of this cat and mouse thing in this little area. Newsom described in graphic detail her rape, her encounter with this sexual assaulter. And even how weird his genitalia appeared. I was just pretending like nothing happened and putting that in a box over here and moving on with my career, she said. So much shame. I was so violated and I don't know how that happened. I didn't see the clues. I didn't know how to escape. Now I want to remind everyone, Weinstein had already been doing this for years. This was in 2005. He continued to do it after 2005. It was the worst kept secret in Hollywood. As a matter of fact, comedians made jokes about his sexual assaults as if it was funny what he did to brutalize women. During the course of his career. Now, back in 2005, also, something else happened. The same year that Ms. Newsom was assaulted by Weinstein, according to her, rock star Courtney Love had this to say when asked if she had any advice for a young girl moving to Hollywood. Here it is. Do you have any advice for a young girl moving to Hollywood? Yeah, she said that. What happened after Courtney Love said that? The CAA, the Creative Arts Agency, well, they suspended her. Okay, so Weinstein can sexually assault women, no issue. But Courtney Love, Cannot say what Weinstein does. Now she's suspended. Okay. Uh, this is Weinstein's second sexual assault trial. He was found guilty in the first. This was back in 2020. All right. White privilege, money, status, power, uh, and this fascination with Hollywood types as if they are gods of sorts combines to make a very awful 
reality. Jackson, thoughts here? Yeah, you know, Harvey Weinstein is just a disgusting pig waste of a life who, you know, luckily got what he deserved. Looks miserable, looks horrible, uh, rightfully so. And uh, importantly, this goes to show how real power he is. I mean, people, like you pointed out, people knew what he was doing. You know, stuff like this. Stuff like this doesn't really go under the radar. People just keep it quiet because it's a benefit to them, which also goes to show um, how righteous doing the right thing can be because it's not easy. You know, all these people who stayed in line and stayed quiet because they were getting paid. And, and if they stood up against them, they knew that, you know, their, their jobs and their careers were probably going to be threatened. And that was more important than standing up for women who are going through these horrible things. Uh, so, you know, again, luckily he got caught and, and thrown where he's supposed to be. But he did what he did for way too long just because he lined people's pockets. Very well said. Very well said. We will continue to follow this trial, obviously. Imagine a person gets pulled over, they're drunk, they're driving intoxicated, they're swerving, they get pulled over, cop pulls them over. The cop ends up dapping the guy, okay, lets him go. Person leaves, crashes, and kills somebody. Put up the picture of Nicholas Monachino, Tuesday. There was a judgment, this happened in Ohio. This was judgment day for the Portage County man convicted of drunk driving. This was an accident in April that claimed the lives of a couple who were simply out for a ride on their motorcycle, okay? That's it. In August, the 27 year old pleaded guilty to two counts of aggravated vehicular homicide. Failure to stop after an accident. Investigators say his blood alcohol content was more than twice the legal limit. And he had cocaine and marijuana in his system when he crashed his car into the back of a motorcycle on State Route 82, Aurora, April 29th. Okay, let's put up the pictures, the picture of the people that he killed. That's the couple, okay, that's the couple. They were simply being a couple. The driver of the motorcycle, 29 year old, Ryan Tukulski and his passenger, Sarah, were thrown from the bike, both died as a result of their injuries. The person who did this never stopped. They never stopped, he never stopped his vehicle. He damaged obviously the front end of his vehicle but continued to drive for miles anyway. He later crashed the car in a ditch in his parents driveway, seemingly unaware he had just taken the lives of two people. The police officer's body cam showed him saying, what am I being arrested for? Why am I being locked up? What are you doing? Before sentencing prosecutors and the judge pointed out that the terrible tragedy in Aurora could have been avoided if the Walton Hills police officer has simply done his job and arrested Nicholas Monachino minutes before the fatal crash, but he did not. As a matter of fact, as I said before, there's actual video of the cop dapping him before allowing him to go. Clearly the man is intoxicated. 
There's more. The officer witnessed him swerve on the street around slower traffic at a high speed and nearly lost control of his car. The officer followed him to a gas station, posed questions about his driving. And then after, as he says, failing to notice signs of impairment or the beer that was in his car, the officer gave him dap and said he can go, okay? The officer ignored all of it, put up the picture of where the beer was located. You see that? Now, the beer is in plain sight, okay? Uh, which is your reasonable suspicion, probable cause. Do, you can do what you want to do now. As an officer, you can arrest them. You can put them in the back of a police car, do an investigation. You can do that at this point. He chose not to. Here's why bias is so dangerous, because I believe bias worked in favor of the person not being arrested. I think he was given the benefit of the doubt, okay? I think he was let go because they shared some kindred something. Let's put up the picture of the body cam footage so you can see the angle, okay? So the officer's body camera video shows he even gave the fist bump to let him go. Now, look at this. Do you think he could have seen inside of the car? Of course he could have. Look at the view. Let's put up the picture of the judge who presided. Portage County Common Police Court. Judge Laurie Pittman called the officer's failure to arrest. Before the fatal crash, the, and I quote, 800 pound elephant in the room. Judge Pittman said further, and I quote, they are supposed to protect and serve. That didn't happen. Anyone could tell that you were under the influence. The Walton Hills Police Department said the officer resigned from the police force on July 25th. Now, this is without me doing any additional investigative research. I do conclude it is possible that the officer knew this person and this person knew the officer. We're not sure yet, but we know definitely if that would have been me driving like that, I would have went to jail. This person did not, and now two people are dead. All right, Sharon, thoughts here. They're dead in my view, not just because the police officers, the 800 pound in the room as the judge said, but it's solely in my view, the office. There's always gonna be people who drink and drive. There will always be people who have issues, who use drugs and get behind the wheel. There will always be irresponsible people, okay? I agree with you, I need to know the relationship here. I also think that there's gotta be some charge, dereliction of duty, something here. Because yeah. it's so egregious, those, those people should be here. And this is just sick. Yeah, horrible. All right, we got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. Welcome back, we have a lot of show left. Okay, Larry Elder, yeah, he's gonna be right here on TYT. Conservative commentator, former Republican candidate for governor of California. Larry Elder is going to join Jank on the conversation. Tune in, 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 2.30 p.m. Pacific Time, tyt.com forward slash live. Should be fascinating, all right, I'll be there. Let me read some of these amazing comments, got a lot of them. Cena Hogaboom says, all too frequently, some people are not mentally capable being a cop. Lynn says, "Oh my God, a Karen is the manager, it's a scary thing, but real. Mini 22, she acting like she gets paid the CEO salary. 
Right. Yeah. Okay. And Twitch. Decident PM. Most retail stores are like that with pushing their credit cards. I mean, but damn, that seemed extreme. I get it. I mean, upselling and you know, encouraging. But the way that Karen handled it. All right. What if I told you that the police are being investigated by the federal government because they tased a pastor? Let's go to the video. Here it is. You done yelling? You done yelling? Are you done yelling? Acting like a big shot. We're all set here. You can go inside. No, you go on. You're not gonna tell me what to do. You can go inside. You're about to be arrested for disturbing the peace. Let's get it. Look at him. Look at him. Look at this guy. Look at him. Hey. What are you doing? even went after the children. Here it is. Yeah, believe it, sir. Believe it. Let's put up a screenshot from one of the cops' body cams. The police body camera footage was used during the trial. I'm going to talk about the trial in a minute. He was acquitted. The preacher was acquitted on charges of assault and battery on the police officer and was acquitted of resisting arrest. Let me take you back to what the DOJ is doing now. The Justice Department has launched a civil investigation into the Worcester Police Department. The federal investigation will look at claims that this police department, that they have engaged in a practice of using excessive force or discriminating based on race or gender. Now, the only time a police department gets this kind of review is when there are so many complaints that it is warranted. They're not getting investigated because of this one incident. Let me make that very clear. They're being investigated because of multiple instances like this. There's more. Let's put up the uh, the uh, Attorney General who will lead the way. This is Rachel Rollins, US Attorney based in the District of Massachusetts. Release a statement, says and I quote, The purpose of this civil investigation is to determine through objective and thorough examination whether or not 
there is an overall pattern of, or practice of conduct that violates the Constitution or federal law. This is the beginning of the process. We will go where the facts take us. Our ultimate goal is to ensure that policing in Worcester is constitutional, safe and effective. All while the civil rights of their residents remain intact. The Justice Department will be reaching out to the public about their experiences with this police department. They will also evaluate how officers train, collect evidence, and complete investigations. Now typically at the conclusion of these types of investigations, nobody is arrested. They do uncover criminal conduct, nobody goes to jail for it. They usually get a fine and perhaps something called a consent decree where the federal government says you must do A, B, and C or there will be a problem. And they say, okay, we will do A, B, and C so there won't be a problem. The issue with that is this, number one, that's not holding the individuals accountable. So you cannot upend the culture and transform it. Number two, actions like Donald Trump, when he became president, he decided to withdraw those agreements. So those police departments who had a history of violating the rights of their citizens could continue to do so without any oversight. Let's put up attorney Joseph Hennessy, okay? Joseph Hennessy told one local outlet, he and other local lawyers have been reporting misconduct within that department for years. But he hopes this investigation will spark change. Let's go to the Reverend Joseph Rizzuti, Sr. This is one of the attorney's clients. This is the one who experienced the excessive force at the hands of the police. They tased the man in his own church. Why were they called? Police were called to the church for a custody dispute involving the Reverend's daughter, who police say had failed to return her 11 year old child following a custodial visit. But the Reverend says they came with no paperwork to back up such a claim. The attorney shared several other recorded instances where his clients were targeted unfairly, saying one client has been stopped 100 times since 2015. The attorney has the receipts. He has the receipts because he's defending them, okay? A video shows a black man as a passenger. This is what a video shows. As a passenger in a vehicle being told to get out of the car by the police. The man says, I'm in the passenger seat. The officer responds, yeah, you look like someone who has a warrant. There's more in another video. A Hispanic woman is recording officers searching her car after being pulled over. She was driving with her mom, nothing was found in their search. But when an officer saw her taking a video, he ripped her cell phone out of her hand. She said, give me my phone. The officer replied, you're now under investigation. In 2019, Christopher Ayala Melendez was thrown to the ground and attacked by a police canine outside of a Worcester beer garden. He was arrested for assault and battery of a police officer. When the video was released of the incident, he was cleared of all charges, okay, all charges. He later sued the police department. In a statement, city officials, let's put them up, leadership here or lack thereof. In a statement, city officials, police chief Stephen Sargent on the left, Mayor Joseph Petty Center and acting city manager Eric Batista right. Said they were fully cooperating with the investigation. They also said, and I quote, 
The city and Worcester Police Department collectively strive to deliver the highest quality of municipal services to residents and will continue to do so in a transparent and professional manner as the investigation takes its course. Lies from those public officials, all lies. All right, we will continue to shine a light on this situation as it develops. Remember, light is a great disinfectant to corruption. Sharing thoughts here. You're gonna need a lot of light, a lot of sunlight on this one. And I can tell you something, these people who wanna talk about how difficult it is to be an officer on any given day, they may not come home to their families. This is true, I know what could make it a whole lot easier, Dr. Ritchie, if they stop targeting people and using excessive force. That could make it a whole lot easier and they could try to protect and serve instead. That's right, and this is why it's important for us to all be a coalition united against police brutality, out of control cops. You may think it will never happen to you. You may say, you know what, it only happens to those people or uh, you, you, you gotta stop giving them a reason to interact with you. Whatever your excuse may be for not getting involved in fighting the good fight. Just understand this, the more you are silent, the more they are empowered. And one day, they may come knocking on your door too. Okay, we have an exclusive, a cop son at a gun range saying the N word. Let me first go to the video, here it is. Get on the ground. Yeah, he said N word, get on the ground. All right, let's put the picture up full mass here, okay? Give you significant background to what you just saw. The video shows the son of a Jessup, Georgia cop. It has circulated on social media, he is at the department gun range, that's owned by the city, okay? He's at the police gun range saying the N word. News outlets did not publish the video until now. Blake Stipe and Owen Spell were the students involved in the incident. Stipe is the son of a Jessup, Georgia police officer, according to a source from Jessup. At the time of the video, they were attending Wayne County High School. A black classmate at the time was alarmed by this post. Volume up, all right. Here's a video of two students at Wayne County High School that I'm graduating with tomorrow, recorded and posted at the Wayne County Police Department shooting range by the names of Owen Spell, son of Amanda Spell and Kevin Spell, and Blake Stipe, son of Amy Stipe and brother. Of Madeline Stipe. Owen Spell is committed to Charleston Southern University, tagged the institution. Blake just blocked me, so he's untagged. This is a threat. He is a thug. Blake's church, he goes to Crossroads Church of God. The church just blocked me and texted me to untag them, untag their cell. People in the comments trying to justify it as if he's not fantasizing about shooting a person of color. Now, let me say this to whoever made that post. Um, I like your style, I like your style. Yes, this person is dangerous. This person is fantasizing about killing black people. This person is on a gun range. This person was not checked by anybody there. Nobody said, listen, what are you doing? Get the hell up out of here, nobody. Let's go to the police chief, Perry Morgan, okay? Now, damn chief, what are you gonna do, sir? Hmm? Do you have a statement? 
Have you had a conversation with the officer and say, hey, what did your son learn this? Why was he on the shooting range in the first place? Who gave him access there? Who made him feel comfortable enough to do any of these things? In a Facebook post back in May, Chief Perry Morgan of the Jessup Police Department would like to address the recent video that was released on Facebook. Now remember, he was the chief when all this happened. We at the Jessup Police Department would like to publicly denounce individual and systematic racism in all of his forms. We do not tolerate using racial slurs or condone this kind of abhorrent behavior in our organization at all. The individuals in the video are not affiliated with the Jessup Police Department in any professional capacity at all. No, 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 they're family, they're family, right? I'm sure you have seen them at the picnic, cookout, whatever it is you all go to, I'm sure. Who gave the child access in the first place? Who did that? Did you launch an investigation? Is that proper protocol? They will go on to say that they were banned from the range in the future. Um, the two individuals who are seen um, at this shooting range. Uh, it is the common practice to allow citizens to use the range as, as it is funded by taxpayer dollars. However, no one from the police department was present at the time, which by the way, that's required. These comments were made or the video was recorded. We were only aware of the incident after seeing the video online. We will be changing our policy uh, that no longer individuals outside of law enforcement can come to the department's range. We would like to take the opportunity to apologize for the racist comments that were made and again state that we do not condone this behavior or tolerate it from anyone. By the time the students were set to graduate, all right, at the high school, uh, the department, uh, the department recommended they should not participate. So we have been in contact, in constant contact with the Wayne County School System in reference to this incident and how it impacts the student body. Graduation ceremony and the community at large, we have advised the school system to ban these two individuals from the graduation ceremony. But the final decision rests solely on the Wayne County School System. The Jessup Police Department and Wayne County Sheriff's will be providing security in force for the graduation ceremony to ensure the safety of the students, staff, and the community attending the ceremony. I, I get that, Chief. Chief, are you concerned that one of your police officers has taught their son to shoot black people and call them the N word. Are you concerned about this? Has this, I mean, you're an investigator, has this crossed your mind? I get it, you're concerned about the graduation and you're giving advice on what the school system should do. Are you concerned about your cop? Um, the fellow student confirmed they did not end up participating in the ceremony. Update, graduation was amazing and peaceful. They didn't get to walk, everything has been handled. The college revoked his scholarship and this situation made the local news. This post is staying up for racial awareness. Maybe this can be a lesson learned for anyone who wants to openly be racist for attention and teach people to surround themselves around better people for their sake. Unity is racism's biggest fear. Nikki, once again, I like your style, all right. Sharing thoughts here. I love it, absolutely love it. But they better watch their back, okay? Yeah. They watch your back if you live around there and you keep that post up for racial sensitivity and awareness reasons. The chief wants to talk a lot about the future. I agree with you, Dr. Ritchie. I do the past first. Yep. The range, the violations, and oh yeah, the kid who grew up to be racist because that's what he was taught. Yep. There it is, we got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay.
All right, welcome back. We still have a lot of show left. Always good to be with you. Reminder, our dear sister, Senator Nina Turner, unbossed with Nina Turner next, right after Indisputable. 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time. You can always join and subscribe at youtube.com forward slash unbossed TYT. I will read as many comments as I can, kind of press for time. Infantry Chef says, the DOJ needs to claim ultimate domain in some fashion and take over and reconfigure all the police and sheriffs. Um, they can't do that statutorily, but here's the power they do have. They have the power of purse. The President of the United States can literally, through executive action, just say, hey, we're gonna take all this federal money back if you all do not comply with rule of law and treating people fairly. But obviously, no president would do that, or would they? Um, let's go to Latif, aka Colossus Mahes. If you ain't safe as a white pastor, Massachusetts, I know that's right. I mean, a white pastor, Massachusetts, gets tased and arrested in his home, right? Um, and Twitch, layman shaman, resisting what? If he's not under arrest, he can't resist arrest, you stupid cop. How many times have we seen this? Like literally, the charge is resisting arrest. Well, what was what were they being arrested for? Well, nothing. Well, how, how do they go to jail for resisting arrest? Okay, a horrific situation, deadly, and connected to a mega church. Let's put up the first picture. A mega church leader has been charged with killing their 11 year old daughter, Letitia Diane McCormick, 49 year old ordained elder at San Diego's Rock Church, was taken into custody on November 7th and charged with one count of first degree murder, three counts of torture, and three counts of willful cruelty to a child. Let's go to the children. This is hard. Her crimes are connected to the torture and death of her adopted 11 year old daughter. Occurred nearly three months ago. San Diego Sheriff's Lieutenant Chris Stephan reportedly said signs of bruising were found all over the body. And it is believed that the little girl <clears throat> suffered from malnourishment. Um, and I'm going to be transparent. It's very difficult for me to do these stories because I was a foster kid. Um, and uh, these stories are always tough. The parents, right? Letitia's parents, Adela and Stanley Tom were also arrested. I want you to think about how deep this goes. The parents of Letitia were arrested as well in connection to the death of this child. Stanley 75 is also facing one count of first degree murder, three counts of torture, and three counts of willful cruelty to a child. Adela 70 was charged with three counts each of torture and willful cruelty to a child. The two additional counts of torture and child cruelty stem from an alleged or alleged criminal acts toward Arabella's two younger sisters, ages six and seven. The two surviving girls have been placed in the care of a foster family, the sheriff's office said. How did the investigation start? It's always a starting point with these investigations. Authorities say the investigation until the family began when deputies from the sheriff's rancho station responded to an emergency call about a child in distress. This was approximately 2 a.m. August 30th. First responders found the child, later identified as Arabella. And emergency medical services personnel rushed 
her to the hospital. The sheriff's office said that the child's condition indicated that she had been a possible victim of child abuse. While in the hospital, the child's health continued to decline. She was pronounced dead. According to a release from the sheriff's office during the investigation into Arabella's death, deputies contacted her father, Brian McCormick, near the family's home. He committed suicide in their presence. Brian McCormick, who was an agent with the US Customs and Border Protection, reportedly shot himself in the head while inside his pickup truck on August 30th. Investigators have not said whether they believe he was involved in the abuse allegedly inflicted on the three children. I think he was. Furthermore, Arabella's biological aunt reportedly said that Child Protective Services removed the three girls from a sister's home in 2017. They were fostered and then adopted by the McCormicks in 2019. She added that the girls were removed from the school following their adoption. Let's go to The Rock Church was founded in 2000 by former NFL player Miles McPherson, who actually still serves as the senior pastor. Um, the person who committed these heinous crimes, um, the person who led them was an ordained minister at that church. I'm just, I'm thinking about how everybody in that child's life um, failed her. Everybody, including her biological parents. Now, where's the, where's the outrage from the Christian right, the Christian evangelicals? Where's the outrage? Where's the outrage from politicians who could create legislation, statutes to remedy things like this, or, or perhaps provide more tools to find them earlier? Not a peep, nothing. They don't want to solve these problems. These are the real problems that politicians should be solving. They don't even talk about them. They rather you think that critical race theory is somehow an evil inside of school systems. Yeah, that's what they'll hang their hat on. They'll hold a press conference about teaching the KKK inside of K through 12 education, but they won't hold a press conference about this. Sharing thoughts here. As a mother, I I can't imagine. As you said, everybody failed. And there's something in the sheriff's statement that was just a throwaway line at the end, Dr. Ritchie, that the two surviving children are in the care of a foster family. There's a lot of great foster families. And there's some messed up ones who are doing the devil's work. And that's what we have here. I wonder, I wonder what's next for those little girls. Yeah, yeah. All right, a detective that we have been reporting on for months was finally indicted by the DOJ, and now it is known he also, according to their narrative, was involved in sex slavery. Let's put his picture up again to remind you of this sick, cowardly SOB. Roger Golubsky, the former Kansas City police detective, is accused now of targeting young black girls and forcing them into sexual slavery. Federal authorities unsealed an indictment against Golubsky and three other men, Cecil Brooks, Lamarck Robertson, and Richard Robinson. This happened on Monday, alleging that decades ago they conspired to force women into sexual slavery. Now remember, the sins and the crimes of Golubsky, they stretch decades, decades. 
He continued to receive promotion after promotion, even though his department was aware of his corruption. There's more. The three count indictment charges four men with conspiring to hold young women in involuntary sexual servitude, as well as substantive counts of the same charge, the Justice Department announced in a press release on Monday. According to the indictment, from 1996 through 1998, Brooks provided a location at the Delavan Apartments in Kansas City, where young women were held, the press release says. Brooks, Robertson, and Robinson allegedly used physical beatings, sexual assaults, and threats to compel young women to provide sexual services to men. According to the DOJ, Golubsky, a detective at the time, is alleged to have accepted money from Brooks and provided protection from law enforcement for the criminal activity, including sex trafficking. He also allegedly forcibly raped the young women or young woman identified as person two, according to the DOJ. If you recall, one of the stories that made it to indisputable about this detective pre-indictment was him trying to coerce a victim of a crime into a sexual relationship. Well, she declined. He then made mention of her very young daughter. That was part of my initial reporting. After she declined the woman, he then created charges against her own son. Her son ends up going to prison for years for a crime he never committed because she said no to his sexual advances. That's how corrupt this individual is. There's more. Brooks, Robertson, and Robinson allegedly would set up these units at what is referred to as the working house. That's what they called it among themselves, where the victims would be held. One of those units was a relaxed area where young girls used alcohol and drugs with the defendants. And another was working house where some girls were compelled to perform sexual services for adult men who visited. Delavan, the indictment says, according to the indictment, these three individuals, Brooks, Robinson, and Robinson, Provided drugs to the girls in the work in the working house who were addicts. They also allegedly beat and threatened to beat girls who did not agree to provide sexual services in exchange for shelter, drugs, or clothes. Golubsky, the detective, according to the indictment, visited the working house and repeatedly targeted black girls in particular. At Delavan, defendant Roger Golubsky primarily chose young black girls ranging in age from 13 to 17 years old to submit to sex and provide sexual services to him according to the unsealed indictment. Robertson is alleged to have intimidated one of the victims by telling her that the defendants had murdered a woman by burning her alive and watching her dance around like a chicken with no head. According to the indictment, Brooks allegedly paid off law enforcement so that officers would provide warnings when police were about to hit the house. It's not just Golubsky. Golubsky, of course, horrible individual, deserves to be under the jail and whatever the hell happens to him, I don't care. But he's not the only one involved. He's organizing the other cops who are. Golovsky had been previously charged in September in a separate indictment with civil rights violations for allegedly acting under the color of law 
to commit aggravated sexual assaults, according to the DOJ. This is why it's important to get rid of corrupt ass cops. The corruption, as I say, is never linear. The one thing that they are exposed for is not the one thing they have done. It's a lot behind it. So when we say, oh, you know, the cop just had a bad day, or that police officer deserves a second chance, that's the corruption you are aware of. There's always more. Sharon, thoughts here. The devil's gonna do what the devil does. Golovsky's yeah. a devil. It's just so sick to listen to. But to think about what 13 to 17 predominantly black girls targeted had to go through. But you're right. It's everybody else that I want on the hook here. It's everybody else who stood by who do you know how many people have to know about this for a yeah. working house, a, a lazy house? Do you know how many people have to be involved? For this to go down and keep going down, yep. it's outrageous. We shall see if this investigation connects back to individuals who obviously were involved in that criminal enterprise. We have more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. We still have a lot of show left for this segment. I'm throwing it to my dear sister, Sharon Reed. Will lead present. Sharon? Uh, Dr. Ritchie, this one uh, comes out of the University of Miami. Uh, so, some students there accused of being racist for a TikTok video they posted. They produced it um, on, on one of their non affiliated sites. It seemed like a good idea at the time, but uh, take a look. Because some of the white kids on my school want to be racist, I'm going to just give y'all the platform to be so, and I'm going to post a video y'all thought was so funny when you posted it. it what is an animal that is not already on campus that you would like to see on campus? A gorilla. All okay, prayers. My concern is why y'all felt so comfortable posting it. Like, you know there's black people that go to your school. You know there's, it's a, it's a site like TikTok where it literally can end up on anybody's For You page. And y'all still decided to go along and not only film the video, but be dumb enough to post it. Y'all are so dumb if you don't think that bland racism is still a thing because there's videos like this all over the internet. But respectfully, that's not gonna happen at our school. And I hope that whoever is in charge of University of Miami and handling situations like this sees this and realizes how not okay it is and how many black people are very offended by this video. Well, they are gonna say it. The story went viral. It did because that woman, her name is Sky Solomon, put it up, found the story on daily.com. And what happened here was the kids say they were doing this for a marketing class. Um, and they had the cutaway of a black man there who is later identified to be a professor. Um, it would have just been another campy video, but they decided to do that. Now, I wanna show you what at critters, at Kane Critters rather is saying because they took down the video after it went viral and they posted this statement later, took down the video. They even took the whole TikTok down, but now it's back up. Um, they claim the post was composed of two unaffiliated clips, campus related animal question, and then a smirk from a man pleased by the interviewer's position in a tree. So they're basically saying, hey, we just put up a lot of videos. We spliced things together and this was a horrible accident. Nonetheless, we're upset. And we're embarrassed by this. We're just a team of students who created the account. Again, as a class, 
project, they say, which is absolutely ridiculous. Because the real answer is they thought it was funny because somebody back there is racist. And I wanna know what you think about it, Dr. Ritchie, because I think Sky Solomon did some good work here. The yeah. school's reacting, they've been you know, on top of it. They say they're investigating, they might have violated the student conduct code. You know, um, I think the college students are lying about you know, how this happened. Uh, and also, an institution has a responsibility to protect students and faculty from discriminatory practices. As a college professor, I have to take basically this adherence exam every year, and it goes over the protocols. Well, one protocol is that the institution has a responsibility to protect from active discrimination. And if you do not take measures to do so, you can then lose all of your federal funding that goes to the school. That's one dynamic. Here's another one. I like how the young lady decided to approach this. You have to check it exactly as it is. I'm glad she did it. We need more people to continue to engage in the art of exposure and storytelling. Well done. Yeah, we could sh if we could show the graphic of the, what the school is saying, the Miami Hurricane newspaper, because I agree 100%. The school is reacting, racism and hate have no place at the University of Miami. Deeply committed, they say, to sustaining a culture of belonging where every individual is valued and supported. And they say, hey, we appreciate they took responsibility, um, but we're investigating this to determine if there were any violations of the student rights and responsibility. You are aware of on your end as a professor, and we'll see if they face consequences here or if somebody's gonna believe that lame excuse of it was an accident. We didn't mean to edit the black man. By the way, other people in the comment section who are outraged say that black man they did the cutaway is a professor at right. the university at the right. U. That is correct. And here's the other dynamic, really interesting connected to this story. You will have to work hard to make sure institutions are not defined by your most, let's say, disagreeable individuals like these folks, right? So I appreciate the fact that she is refusing to allow her educational experience, her school to be defined by these people. Good job on that. All right, always a pleasure sharing, have you on the show. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. I appreciate you more at Share and Read Live across all platforms. I appreciate the opportunity. All right, always a pleasure. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, take care of the planet. Remember the truth is always indisputable.